0: Taller than any other country in the world on average, the Kingdom of the Netherlands is the country with the world's oldest national anthem. It is noticeable that the Dutch are very smart and innovative people, as they are credited for creating many influential inventions, such as the submarine, the telescope, Bluetooth, and chocolate sprinkles. I recently had the privilege to travel to the Netherlands, specifically Amsterdam and The Hague. It was absolutely gorgeous, and I had to keep reminding myself that I was below sea level which is mind-boggling. In this interview, I got to speak with my friend Floor, who I was especially excited to hear her perspective coming from a very small city, since when most people think of the Netherlands, Amsterdam is the first city people think of. After thinking about her international friends and observations while traveling, Floor notices that a huge difference between European children and children in the United States is the independence and responsibility that kids have in their respective societies.
1: For example, with Americans, I think American kids are more sheltered from the world (laughs) somehow. Like, it's not 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 specifically not at all. But like all the American kids I met met in summer camp and stuff, I think when we get so much freedom here. I mean, when I was like seven years old, I got to I rode to school by myself on my bike. (laughs) Very Dutch. You just don't like you go out and drink and party when you're already like 15.
0: Hello everybody, you are listening to Evan Worldwide. On this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey around the world. You will hear young people's perspectives on culture, conflict, and cuisine. So let's go.
2: Well,
1: I'm Floor, a little bit of a weird name, I guess, in English, Um, and I am uh, 17 years old and I'm from the Netherlands,
2: Zutphen. Nice, nice, okay. Um, So my first question is, would you say that there's a lot of conflict in your country?
1: Well, I think I would say no, because I think in the politics that we have, there's usually not a lot of conflict. But lately, there has been with COVID. But I think every single country has that, you know, anti-vaxxers and vaxxers and that kind of stuff. So I would say that's some conflict we have. And then with immigrants, but... Also, a lot of European countries have that. So no, (laughs) I would say no, actually. There's not really a lot of conflict.
2: And then I guess like you were talking about like immigrants in the Netherlands. Is there, would you say that there's any type of xenophobia?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think, but I think fair enough, every country has xenophobia. But yeah, I guess so. The thing is, when people talk about Holland, they only talk about two states. And in those states it's it's very multi multicultural states like I'm from a more rural area. So there are less immigrants and the kind of the policy that they had for a while was just have a lot of people like um refugees, that's the word. <laughs> um they just place them in like very rural areas. But the result being is that maybe like twenty-five percent of that rural area is now immigrants that you know don't know the language and like have to occupy housing and that kind of stuff so is there, there's a big housing shortage shortage mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like well we should just shouldn't take any more immigrants in it because people students for example they cannot find any housing it's just impossible
2: yeah i guess so that. I get it's,
1: that. it's more a conflict like that you know
2: and then like due to the housing shortage in the like the rural areas and they don't really speak the language that can be a difficult situation i think Although it's interesting, like talking about, um, like the language part I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that like in, in Amsterdam, some people, like sometimes like when you walk in the first language you'll hear is English. Like you won't even hear Dutch.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you go to, that's what I said, like in, in the, um, Holland States, it's super multicultural. Um, and the, the, the biggest housing shortage is, is right there, but, um, yeah, if you go like if you go into any store in Amsterdam, people will just speak English to you because they'll just assume that you're a tourist because mm-hmm. it's it's probably easier, you know, and also a lot of a lot of people that uh, are like cannot even speak the language. So,
2: OK, so I guess we'll move on to the next question. What social issues are most prevalent in the Netherlands?
1: Wow. OK, um, so the the immigrant problem I told you about and then the housing sh- uh, shortage. And then I don't know.
2: <laughs> what about like uh, what about like sexism or homophobia or any t- that type of like social issues?
1: Well, I mean, we're a very progressive country. We've always been so not really like homophobia. We we were the first country to legalize gay marriage. So I guess I mean it has gotten a bit less over the years. I think because also because of and this is kind of. A hard thing to say because I'm obvi- I'm for having uh, um, taking people in and taking refugees in of course always and I'm, I'm, I ha- love that we're such a multi multicultural country but with that comes that people also come here that have different points of like different points of views so lately you you can hear then before you can hear more instances of gay people getting beaten up by people that come from a culture that don't accept gay people and that's I think that is because we've taken more cultures over the last few years. So it has gone less but it's nothing nothing really we can do about it necessarily and then also also no not at all I think.
2: okay okay. well that's I'm kind of surprised to hear like the those refugees or immigrants coming in like or at least those attacks on the LGBT people they tend to be from like the ones that don't come from the Netherlands. Is that true?
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think, I don't know. I I wouldn't say it's it's mainly them. I do think that because we take in more people in from that have different points of views that you do get different points of views on said topic. Um, But I'm not sure at all about attacks or anything.
2: Oh, okay. 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 Then what about, what about racism would you say that there's a lot of racism in the netherlands
1: yeah i guess we do have some racism i i do have to say that because we have these every like i'm very not proud of it personally so i don't know but we have this this uh holiday every year which is kind of your santa Claus. we call it it has these um what do you call them like uh, elves but not elves um helpers helpers with them every year And they, they have like all, they kind of are in blackface. And uh, it's, it's quite racist actually, but it's, it's not a thing anymore. But it used to be for quite a long time and now they're abolishing it. But, uh, and it has been like that for a few years, but, uh, and in the like very South, sometimes they still have it because they don't, like personally, I grew up with it, for example, because I'm still from a pretty rural area where you still have that kind of. When I was younger I never saw it as anything racist because I I generally they don't look like uh, um, people with darker skin color or like people from a a different from a certain ethnicity I always thought they were that color because they came through the chimneys Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I got told when I like when you look into it it is actually quite a racist thing Um, it is actually because the uh, very, very back in the day, they were actually like slaves that helped them. But through changes in the costume and in the things, personally, I always thought it was because of the chimney. And then when they looked further into it, they were like, no, that's not black. It's because they used to be slaves. So then it got uh, a lot of people got angry and it got, it got abolished, uh, which I'm very happy about it but uh yeah still some people still want uh want to have it because they say it's not racist at all it's because they come through the chimney uh, and it used to be like that but it's obviously not anymore like that because now it has a different meaning and there are still some areas that are very conservative that might do it
2: wow that's and a... i personally I'm sorry
1: yeah and i think that's racist that they still do it so i guess there's hmm. still some racism
2: yeah um that's I've, I was actually going to ask you about that. Like, I heard that there was this holiday that existed. I was going to ask, like, you know, the Black face, that, that seems pretty racist. but Like, I didn't know what the story was behind it. But is the information, like, saying that it was, like, because, of you know, they were slaves, like, was that backed up by historians?
1: That's the thing. It's backed up by historians. But when I was younger, for example... Um, the holiday is quite big. It's my favorite holiday, personally. It still exists, but now the helpers have.
2: um not know the word,
1: but they have just smears of black on their face, and it's then it's because of they they go through the chimney.
2: Oh, okay. Because it's okay. not
1: Santa. He comes th- he comes through the chimney like on his own, and here you have this like boss man on his horse, which is called Sinterklaas. and his helpers. They go through the chimney. And I think sometimes
2: he goes too. But. but the helpers I can't even imagine actually now that I think about it the horse going through the chimney with Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. But like now they will just put like a little bit of like black on their face to look like it. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. I've never been through a chimney, but like if I went up through a chimney, I don't feel like my whole face would be black. That just doesn't seem right.
1: No, no, but they go through all the chimneys of all the kids in the netherlands so when i was younger i just kind of figured well of course you're black then i never assumed it was racist but then i heard it was actually racist and i was like oh shit yeah that does make sense
2: yeah yeah definitely so yeah. i think
1: some I, someone tested it out i think someone actually tested it out of like they went through a chimney a couple of times and they went to see if they were completely black and they weren't I said i'm just not proud of it i always sometimes people ask me about it. i'm like uh
2: yeah yeah do you think there's a shift in perspective in young people or do young people still think these social issues and conflicts are valid
1: i think young people definitely they definitely think that that's racist that's definitely a thing more young people think and then um, then about the other issues we have like covid for example or uh, the immigrant thing it's it's intergenerational i think it just depends on your 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 own
2: views For sure, I get that. But that's really interesting how like the younger generation is like having a shift in perspective and like looking at different sides of the topics and be like, yeah, this is probably not very good to continue doing, be more accepting towards people. I think that's really great to hear. Okay, so my next question is, do you keep up with politics and government in the Netherlands?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I just follow the news. So whatever, whatever's on the news, I follow. I never really follow the debates follow the because they're really, really long. Whatever just is on the news. So.
2: Yeah, and where exactly do you get that information? Do you watch it on TV or do you look at articles? Do you look at social media? Do you talk with your family?
1: I, I follow like uh, two social media sites and I get it on my feed on Instagram, which is my very lazy way to do it. And then I also get this thing I put in my phone and I get texted, important news. And then I listen to podcasts every once in
2: a while. Oh, nice, nice. What podcast do you listen to?
1: It's called NRC, NRC Today. It's like the daily, you know, the daily news from the New New York Times? Yeah. It's like that, but then the, The the Dutch version.
2: And from all these sources that you look at when you try to find information about politics, do you ever notice any type of censorship?
1: Um... Not necessarily, but I do think a big thing they do here is before every time they put on a new, um, what do you call it, a mandate? Like, let's say they have something new, like um, with COVID, they are closing down all the shops, for example. Then they'll actually officially announce it in a press conference. And then the day before, they'll leak it to the press so a lot of people are kind of like, well, the, you can see that they work together quite a lot. But censorship, no, not not really, I, I think.
2: Okay, okay. That's good to hear. Well, I just didn't know if the government or at least like, wait, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it? Netherlands is a kingdom, right?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a kingdom, but the king is like totally. He doesn't have any authority. Oh, okay, at,
2: okay, at all. <laughs> okay. Because so, I was gonna ask. Like, I didn't know if like the royal family had any say. What information goes out throughout their country or not? So
1: they get um they get criticized quite heavily. So I don't think they they have a lot of. It would be weird if they censor things. I mean, I guess of course they they censor a few things, probably. Yeah. They still get criticized quite a lot, so mm. I don't mm. personally see it a lot.
2: Why do they get criticized? Is it do people not like the monarchy?
1: Well, they think they got quite a lot of money, so people are not really happy with that. I think it's unfair. And then, what else? They went on vacation during COVID, everybody got very mad about that because they we couldn't go on vacation and they could, they thought it was kind of backwards. Whenever they do something wrong or do something that's not okay or something, they get criticized. quite.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I guess I want to go back to like that vacation part. Like, did, where did they go? Like, did they just, did they leave the Netherlands? Or like, did they go to like one of the yeah. like overseas territories?
1: No, they went to, to Greece.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, like, I feel like it would have been okay if they went to like um saint martin or like aruba or somewhere that's like a part of the netherlands but now that i think about it i'm like oh yeah, yeah no <laughs> <laughs> that's a little unfair
1: they put out like a whole official apology and
2: oh okay okay but anyways i didn't know if like the king and queen were able or like the king was able to like kind of censor anything so all right okay so then my next question. Do you have a lot of friends from different countries or have you met a lot of people from different countries?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I met you guys all in Paris,
2: uh,
1: so from a lot of different countries. And then I have some Italian friends and then I have a few American friends. So I guess, yeah, when I think about it, I have a lot of friends from different countries.
2: Yeah, yeah. And how do you meet these people?
1: uh just kind of either accidentally so through people and uh i'm i had one italian friend here in like my town and then she introduced me to a bunch of i went to visit her in, in italy uh well you guys through the course i did the course we did in paris together uh my american friends just from visiting american visiting friends we have already there and I did, a like, a summer camp, so then you make a lot of friends, I think.
2: Oh, yeah. No, you definitely make friends at summer camps. But that's super mm-hmm. cool. The people that you've met from different countries, do you see more similarities or differences?
1: I guess similarities. I mean, it's always better to look at the similarities at the differences. But... Yeah, I think also the differences always stand out, of course. What
2: differences do you notice between people?
1: Oh, I think, for example, with Americans, I think American kids are more sheltered from the world <laughs> somehow. Like, Keep going. Not, it's not a not not specifically not at all, but like all the American kids I met met in summer camp and stuff. I think when we get so much freedom here. I mean, when I was like seven years old, I got to I, I rode to school on, by myself on my bike. Like <laughs> very Dutch. You just don't like you go out and drink and party when you're already like fifteen. It's quite safe. It's a safe country. So you can yeah. just kind of go out, do whatever. And I think in America of course you have to drive everywhere and there are, and you're more there's not a lot of options to expand your world view because you're more limited to the the resources you have close to home
2: I can attest to that that is true and then like in addition to like when you're talking about you know you're going out you're drinking and stuff like the drinking age is 21 compared to a lot of most the majority of the places in the world 18 Heck, isn't it true like in the Netherlands you can have like beer and wine at sixteen years old and then like spirits are at eighteen?
1: No, that is um that is all the surrounding countries. So that is like Germany and, and Belgium and stuff, but not us. Oh. We had that for a super long time, but I think about 10 or 15 years no, no, no. Like maybe 10 years ago, maybe a bit less, they changed that.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. To, okay. to
1: at first it was 16 and now it's 18. But I think they looked up to, they looked uh, into it and they, um, there were more people that ended up in hospitals and stuff from drinking that, that they drank too much than before because they had to do it you know secretively
2: mm. and then okay 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 so my next question is do you see young people advocating for peace and less conflict like do you see people out going going out in public and protesting
1: the the only people i've seen protesting lately are the people that are, are like against the lockdown or against the vaccines and that kind of stuff no not really that's usually older people too Well, young people, they protested climate change and stuff uh, before COVID a lot. So yeah, that, I guess.
2: All right. All right. Um, I guess I'm thinking about like back in June 2020. Did you see any people protesting for like the Black Lives Matter movement at its peak?
1: We had some protests in the big cities. So in Amsterdam and Rotterdam. But um, there were a lot of people that were against it because it was also in, like, our peak of COVID. So mm-hmm. people, it's, they said it's not a good time to all get together, you know? Yeah. But they still, you know, demonstrating is one of our rights, so they still let it uh, happen. But it had to be at okay, one and a half meters distance.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah, it still happened, but uh, not, like, in America, you know, with all the looting and stuff, just very peaceful.
2: That's good to hear be- that, like... You know, the protests are peaceful because some places that does not, that is not the case. So that could be a little. Well, difficult.
1: lately they haven't really been that peaceful, but yeah, <laughs> but that's <laughs> it's, the co.
2: Okay. So I have one more question to ask and then we're going to go to the food part. How can young people help spread awareness to advocate for peace in the Netherlands? Mm-hmm. It's not no, an easy question, but. No, like,
1: I guess if you really want to change something, then join a political party or become one of the, the like younger people in a political party. That's how you would usually do it. Protesting is not, you can, yeah, You can, I guess you can still protest. Yeah, you can protest, but if you really wanna actually change something, I think it's better to join a political party or become an informant, become one of like the youth, uh, in one of those youth panels, when they ask for you know what is important to you, what do you wanna see in the politics?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, you're the first person that has said, join a political, po- join like a politician, I guess, or like try and like become the change and like make the change. Almost a lot of people have said you, you, we should be posting on social media to be raising awareness. So that would be like advocating for peace. And like, you're talking about like actually taking action and like going and becoming a politician. I think that's oh, really yeah. cool. No, that, I but, think it's great.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the, the biggest problem, I think that was a, the biggest thing people were protesting was that it were very big organized protests that young people were involved in were against climate change. And I think, of course, protesting for climate change and for the politics to do something is is still important. But I think if you actually really, really want to change something, it's especially with climate change, because it's such a a thing that you as a consumer cannot necessarily change I think it's it's really best to just go into politics
2: yeah definitely okay well we're halfway through we're gonna talk about like now I have some questions about like food and culture what are some of the most popular dishes in your country or like would you say that there's a national dish
1: not really I think this we have more of sweets that we have a lot or like licorice um, dairy people drink a lot of milk the the dishes we have stompels and pulled and that kind of stuff but it's not <laughs> i don't think people if you go to the if you ask a lot of dutch people they they probably won't say that they're very proud of their national dishes
2: oh okay <laughs> why why is that like would you is it like that dutch cuisine is not very appetizing
1: i think it's very plain i think it's traditionally very much for the like hard worker you know a lot of like it's it's very easy. The like if you go to a, a usual Dutch family, if you would infiltrate their house and look what they were eating, they're probably eating something like uh, greens, potatoes, and then meats. That's mm. that's your usually usual dinner. Which is still nice, but it's not they have that in every culture, I
2: think. Yeah, it's like not super exotic, but you know, it's it's convenient.
1: No, convenient. Yeah, I think it's it's quite a convenient, convenient uh cuisine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so so- yeah. So what were the dishes that you said?
1: Uh, Stompelt and Hutzpelt. I, I personally, I, I never really eat it. kooka that kind of stuff.
2: So what exactly is Stomp's Bolt?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just, they're all quite similar. It's just mashed potatoes and greens and that kind of stuff. And then you have something alongside of it, like meat. It, like very much a variation of the thing I said before. It's... That's quite plain. And then you have pannukuka, which is just like crepes, but they're a bit thicker.
2: Oh, OK. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. This, OK, so this is really funny to me. So basically living here, like I know pancakes to be like a little thicker, you know, buttermilk pancakes. But like when I was younger, I used to be really good friends with this kid who was who was is Swedish-American. And his mother was from Sweden. And every time we would go to his house, she would always make Swedish pancakes and they were basically just crepes. And then I saw a YouTube video and, you know, in France, crepes, those are like the pancakes. And uh, I watched a video of this Dutch lady or she was Dutch American, but she would talk about how her mom was from the Netherlands and growing up, she would always have crepes, but she would call them Dutch pancakes. So like, I didn't know if the panna were like very similar to crepes or like if they're different.
1: They are different. They are more thick. Uh, but it obviously depends on, like, if you like them personally to be more thick, then you'll make them more thick. And if you like them to be more thin, then you'll probably make them more thin. It depends on how you like to eat them. But yeah, they're definitely more. I think with crepes, it's almost an art to make them quite thin as soon as, well, not, maybe not as thin as possible, but, you know, quite thin. And here, it doesn't really matter how, mm. how thick or thin they are.
2: Yeah, yeah. Is there specific items that you eat your your Dutch pancakes with?
1: Yeah, it's it's usually syrup and powdered sugar. That's what you always see. And then there are variations that you can have it with jam. It's usually you ha- you have everything that you usually put on your bread. So jam, hachelslach, um, chocolate paste, like Nutella, kind of people just throw everything on there but if you the the normal thing is to have it with syrup or just powered there are variations like you can have it with they'll put a cheese on it or bacon or apples and that.
2: oh so they can be savory yeah, oh okay yeah. yeah yeah all right well that's nice and then you were talking about it like a like an ingredient called like how like as what is it? yeah what is that
1: egg. <laughs> um, it's just chocolate sprinkles that's that's oh
2: it. oh that's the that's the stuff that you put on top of like the buttered bread and then you eat that for breakfast. Yeah. Is that actually a common breakfast in the Netherlands or is that like
1: oh yeah, I have it all the time. I know people never believe it when I say that I have chocolate sprinkles for for breakfast or for lunch, but i I really have it it a lot of people have it yeah, it's quite normal here.
2: That's that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd eat that. So now, what exactly is your favorite dish?
1: Uh, I'd say, I think pandeguca because it's so easy. And it's just, it reminds me, it's kind of the thing you make as kids because it's really easy to make. So you, your parents usually are like, well, you can always make your own variations. If you like savory ones, you can make savory ones for yourself. I like pandeguca because of the whole thing around it.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure it's kind of funny you kind of answered my next question which was do you have a dish that gives you good memories and like you were talking about how like panakuka, you guys would make that as kids because like that's kind of easy and like just I guess that would mean like you were you'd grow up with the panakuka like all the time so yeah I, definitely
1: I mean yeah. also with the, like the kids I, I babysit I babysit a lot and um it's usually always if I have if I make something with them it's always just kuka because it's so easy, and I mean, it's an easy thing for kids to also make and get them kind of introduced into cooking. I'd say so. Yeah, it's a very popular thing.
2: Nice, nice, and I'm guessing you eat panakuka a lot then.
1: Yeah, also because I'm I'm not the greatest chef, so (laughs) I think the parents are also kind of like, well, let's keep floor to the the panakuka.
2: But hey, they're probably not that bad. When you make them. No,
1: my ponderkooker are great. It's just the other dishes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like the strumpet. Is it like you're not very good at making that?
1: I know, but I I never... I don't think I've had that in like five years or something.
2: Oh, wow. I mean,
1: yeah, I think it's this traditional dish, but I'm sure there are people that have it quite regularly, but not necessarily... Like, personally, I don't really... My friends don't really... Um, I think we eat so many things from different cultures. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get that. Although being coming from a rural area, like a rural area of the Netherlands, are you still able to like find different cuisines, or like are oh, they most for sure. are they mostly like cuisines just yeah. around Europe, or like they like? All over the world
1: no like today i had mexican food we are my house is across the street from a, a chinese restaurant i mean it's very uh international everything
2: oh that's awesome um it's okay i have to ask this for my dad how's the mexican food in the netherlands
1: i think you would probably find it shit i, I like it <laughs> but i mean
2: but nice. the thing is.
1: I mean, you guys cannot say anything. I remember one of the biggest culture shocks I ever had was when I was uh, at a camp and I had for dinner, they gave us breakfast burritos. Oh, my God. I I remember I was, I refused to eat it. It was like, burritos are for dinner. You cannot have this for, for what kind of animals are you? You cannot have this for breakfast.
2: Okay, that is, that is pretty funny. I will admit, but Breakfast burritos, they're delicious.
1: No, but it like, it's like in the morning you have to eat something you know, very light, like cereal, like one bowl of cereal and
2: to be fair and a
1: coffee or something. I get Okay, that.
2: I get that. I, I can eat a
1: whole burrito. That would be just-
2: Well, I mean portions in the US are way bigger than almost I feel like anywhere else yeah. in the world. So it's so funny. When I came back from the course in France and I came here, the first place my dad took me and my mom to was a Mexican restaurant and I asked for funny enough, a burrito. I could, I couldn't even finish a quarter of it because it was so big.
1: Yeah. I remember that so well. And also because you guys have this thing that you refill glasses. It's it's a very in my culture, for example, if you order something, you are going to eat it because otherwise it's it's a waste of your money. I mean, you paid for it. You're going to try and eat it and finish it. And also your drink, of course. And we we sat down somewhere and we just ordered a soda. And we got this huge soda. And I think it's, I mean, like I said, in our culture or just in general, I think if you, you pay for something, so you're going to try and finish it. Otherwise, it's it's not worth your money. So we tried our absolute hardest and our best to just finish this soda. And then we finally finished it. And then, like, the waiter came around with two new sodas and we're like no we didn't we, sorry we didn't order this and then he was like no 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 it's it's common like if you finish your soda we'll, we'll bring you another one and then we're like well we didn't like that's such a waste i mean then it's it's like the system is made for stuff to be thrown away it's such a waste a waste yeah. of food waste of drinks
2: no for sure but i guess and yeah water they'll fill up like no matter what like even if you take a little sip they're gonna fill it back up again they're not gonna let you finish that water <laughs> but like when you if you get like an iced tea or something they'll ask you if you want another refill like after you finish at least that's from my experience I don't know if like it's different yeah but everyone. we
1: also like the only uh people that sat there so I think that the waiter might have just been
2: oh uh, oh gotcha gotcha okay okay <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so back to these questions. Does your family make any dishes differently than other Dutch families? Like, do you guys add something to the pannekoek or like um, the strompot?
1: Not really. I think we're not we're not a good uh, example for a typical Dutch family. I'd say because we eat so much international food usually. So maybe no. Also, the pannekoek, I think we're very traditional with
2: gotcha so, no, okay. okay or like do you know of like people adding different ingredients to things compared to you guys
1: well yeah i know uh, i once ate panukuke at a friend's house and they she made them like extremely thick like kind of american pancakes you know you're like american pancakes kind of thick so that was very new to me i never had that i personally i thought it was like cuz then you have what cuz they're quite big you know they're they're like crepes you know so after one, you're, you're full. Not my cup of tea, but yeah.
2: What is a dish from the Netherlands that like when I traveled there, I can't miss?
1: Oh, I think, well, of course the pannakooker, but they're, they're quite easy to make yourself. So I think you should definitely try it. And then I think it's, it's more like sweets and that kind of stuff. So you should try the stroopwafels, but then don't go into a store and buy, buy stroopwafels, but you have to go to a market Get some good licorice. Try the milk. Try the milk and the, the, the cheese for sure. Because that's that's the one thing if I ever go into a different country and I really miss is the milk. They have all these variations, you know, like two, like you have this low-fat milk, I think, and that kind of stuff. No, we, we just have kind of two kinds of milk, and that's they are the best. I don't know. I, I, whenever I go to a different country, I, I really just miss the milk. It, it's way better here
2: nice nice and okay i I'm just curious ha, have you ever had chocolate milk
1: oh yeah of course
2: but like what do you think of chocolate milk like as a I guess as coming from a country where like the milk is like so good like I don't know what are your thoughts on chocolate milk
1: yeah I like it yeah for, of course for in like the winter and stuff I have it all the time
2: uh, okay cool 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 yeah I'm just and like I've also had strawberry milk. I don't know if you've ever had that before. No. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Uh oh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but so it like when I come to the Netherlands, I got to try stoopwaffle, milk, cheese, like any specific type of cheese.
1: Gouda, I think. And then I don't know. It's kind of what you like if you like young cheese or old cheese. I like all um, cheese. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you should definitely try the cheese and then bitterbala. I don't know if you know what that is.
2: Yes, yes. But
1: the, the things I never have them because I'm I'm a vegetarian. So I have vegetarian bitzerbala, but they're not the same. Yeah, they're I mean they're good. It's something you eat if you go and like have a drink at a bar, you will order bitzerbella usually.
2: Or you- or at a
1: party maybe they'll pass around bitzerbala. Nice. So I like snacks
2: like so they're not like meatballs or, or are they meatballs?
1: No, no, they're, they're, what are they actually? They're like fried.
2: Oh, they're like croquettes. Yeah. Okay. So bitterball is more like croquettes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. At first I thought they were like meatballs and you would have them with like sauce and stuff. I don't know. They looked yeah, like meatballs. You, you
1: have them with, yeah. Sometimes you have them with mustard if you, if you want, if you like that. But they're like fried, you know. They're like croquettes, yeah.
2: Okay, okay. That that's a good analogy. Now that I think about it, the the croquettes, or similar to croquettes. What does food mean for Dutch culture? Like, would you say food is important in the Netherlands? It, it's funny because
1: when I had Connie and Dunya here, of I think food is, as in dishes, is not that important at all. But then I. When I came here and I introduced them to stuff, that that was when I realized how much things like um, snacks and sa- uh, savory or sweet snacks and stuff like that, that we do really have a lot of those that we have. And that is a really important, big part of our culture. But as in dishes, not really. So for example, around Sinterklaas, you always have this uh, paper nota which are just little cookies that kind of taste like cinnamon, that kind of stuff. That is always just huge and you eat them every year as much as you can i I love them personally you can always only buy them around the holiday but i don't know there are so many like little things that you eat uh, at certain times of the year or just if you if you have someone over for coffee then you usually have something like stroopwafels or speculas there and i just when i had them over i just then realized how important that was to our our culture i never really thought of that
2: i guess that's like kind of a cool realization like when you when you bring someone to your country and then like you don't think of something but then you introduce them to other stuff then you're like oh i guess like it is a little important
1: yeah yeah exactly
2: wait so what was the other thing that you said after the stro waffle
1: yeah speculaas it's, it's um oof it's a cookie with uh, a nutmeg i think that's the word nutmeg and kind of cinnamon e yeah it's nice and it's 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 so funny because then I, I now I'm starting to think about it and they're usually in shapes of um, windmills. Oh, so very very. Oh, that's
2: different. very Dutch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> that's adorable. Oh wait, there was just one thing that I wanted to ask about. It was like something that I saw on the internet. One of these big markets in Amsterdam. It was like Albert cube Market or something.
1: Albert Cuyp Marks, Yeah.
2: That place. There was like a stand I saw, and they had like. Poter, poter they're like similar to these things in Denmark called abelskiver. It's like little bits of dough that are, are like batter and like they're kind of like cooked into like a ball. Olibulla. Hold yeah, on, me...
1: I think I think you mean olibulla. Oh, wait,
2: can I? Pofferties. Sh- or if, I don't know if that's how you say it or not.
1: Over- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is basically just ponle but then small. And they have these, you usually have it around like the colder times. So again, very traditionally Christmas markets, you always have those. And then it's just these things in it and they just put dough in it and then it bakes on one side and then you have to flip it and then it bakes on the other side. And it's just like a, a little tiny pancake, but very thick. Like it's almost, it's just round.
2: I've uh, So when I was younger, my grandparents had a house the middle of nowhere California but it was very close to a town that was like very Danish influenced and they had these things called <laughs> able which are very similar to puffer tees I don't know how to say puffer yeah tees. yeah and like I always yeah. made the connection like growing up I would have this thing they like my grandmother would just call them pancake puffs even though she's not Dutch at all she's from Costa Rica <laughs> but like she would make these things called pancake puffs similar to able and now I guess puffer tees
1: Yeah, I think, well, just like the pannakooka, I mean, almost every culture has some form of pannakooka. Like you have the American pancakes and then you have crepes in France and we have the pannakooka. I think it's very, it's just an alteration, but they're basically the same.
2: Yeah, honestly, they are. What dish gives you a sense of home?
1: (sighs) A sense of home.
2: Or like a sense of comfort.
1: I guess I have to go again with the pannakooka. Yeah, I think that I think it just reminds you of your childhood. That's what makes me feel like home.
2: <laughs> yeah. And like when times are more simple. Yeah, definitely. And just Panacooka is just so good.
1: hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy. It's just it's the best.
2: This is my second to last question is, let's say someone's going to the Netherlands. Well, let's say I'm going to the Netherlands. Where would you recommend me to go?
1: Well, I think you should definitely visit Amsterdam, of course. But I think Amsterdam is just so... It's like visiting New York and saying you've been to... America, you know? Like of course you've been to America, Europe, it's not like your very basic American town. So yeah, I think definitely Amsterdam, but just to get the feel of the the town. My favorite city is Utrecht. Uh like Utrecht if you want to pronounce it in English. I that's my favorite. Um it's quite a big city, but it, it it's more intimate. Like you know what my town is it's it's this it's like I said in a more rural area, but it's it's a very old town. So very much the old um, city wall is still intact. It's quite a pretty town. Uh, Delft is also pretty. Rotterdam and Den Haag. I I think you should. But I mean, yeah, also those. But then you have all the basic towns.
2: Wait, Not how bad. do you spell the name of the town you're from?
1: It's because I, I don't know. What do you call it? Z. sets <laughs> c.
2: In, okay american english it's z british english okay. and like australian it's Z.
1: okay so z-u-t-p-h-e-n
2: I'll oh zutphen. Just... Zutphen. Yeah, zutphen. gotcha okay oh my god it is such a cute little town
1: <laughs> it's really pretty you have these canals and then there are these like boat rides you can do along the canal and you can go visit the town you have a lot of um, German tourists that always come in the summer. Oh, nice. It's, yeah, it's nice.
2: If I was coming to the Netherlands, you'd recommend me to go to Amsterdam, Utrecht, your hometown, of Zutphen.
1: Yeah, well, also probably The Hague and Rotterdam. They're not my favorite towns. Might offend some people by saying that. It's not, I think it's it's very busy. It's very, like American cities, you know, very just, what do you call it? Like very metropolitan, commercial, metropolitan like everything's fast. It's very, and it's yeah. it's also very different, I think, than an Amsterdam or an Utrecht, which are also metropolitans, but it has just a bit more flair to it.
2: Yeah, so, a little like, spice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Exactly. Okay. So I have my last question for you. Um, it's kind of a scenario. So basically I want you to imagine that met someone who has never heard of your country before and you could tell them one thing about the Netherlands. What would you tell them?
1: It's very rainy and we like to complain. It's a big part of our culture to complain about the weather. I think that's, I think that's a good thing, the weather. And it's, that's what my, some of my Italian friends also said. It's in a lot of culture they uh, cultures they say that if you talk about the weather it's because you have nothing else to talk about that's what they said to me but it's like a thing like oh we only just talked about the weather but here it's like an actual thing it's not weird to talk about the weather like it's it's not something that is like your last option to talk about (laughs) because it's so boring no if you walk into a classroom and it's raining people will talk about how much they hate the rain and how miserable it makes them even though it it rains like so much but it's 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 a very big part of, of our culture just to complain about the weather but then if it does get sunny everybody just goes crazy and it's it's like they go into the town and go swimming and they're super happy and if it snows same thing everybody's super happy and if they can go ice skating everybody's just oh my god they're they're super happy about it
2: that is adorable (laughs) and i mean i guess that shows it's like the little things you know i don't really think about it but like i live in california and it's like so sunny all the time and then it's like in the netherlands when it's sunny like everyone's just so happy that's that's really cool.
1: That's. I think when I'm, I'm when I grow up, I want to live somewhere that is sunny all the time. Because I personally I cannot bear this. Usually the sky is just complete completely gray the entire day, and it it's dark quite soon. You know, so it's very you know not a nice. It doesn't create a nice atmosphere. E- even though like inside it can be very nice atmosphere and everybody's happy, but it's better still infects your mood to certain extent.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Well, Floor, this is the end of the interview. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I had so much fun. It was great. So, yeah. how would you say thank you for Shoot. your time in Dutch?
1: Dankjewel voor de je tijd.
2: Dankjewel voor je tijd. Yeah,
1: great. That's <laughs> so
2: similar to English. That, like wow. Like thank you for your time. Yeah,
1: Dutch is super similar. Dutch is super similar to English. It's like a it's a mix of German and English, I'd say.
2: Yeah, well, again, Thank you, for your time. Thank you for listening to my Global Youth's Perspective podcast. My goal is to share insight into the lives and cultures of my friends around the world, and hopefully we can listen to each other, bridge our differences, and make this world a better place.